Hello, hello, my loves. <laughs> I don't know what I'm laughing at. I don't know why I started with laughter, but yeah, here we go. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Be A Handy Bish podcast, the next episode as I'm, well, I'm not going to call it that, to be honest. I hope you all had an amazing week. Thank you so much for all the really kind comments, all the feedback on last week's episode and the week before, for those of you who are still catching up. I really do enjoy your feedback. Continue to give it, continue to um, let me know what you think. Let me know your tips and advice that I have asked for. And just, yeah, being awesome, continue to be awesome. This week I've really been enjoying the sunshine, I've been enjoying being in my garden, pretending that I'm a gardener. I have got no clue about anything gardening. I bought some seeds, I bought a runner bean plant which wasn't reduced and was doing really really well until I forgot to take it inside and the frost killed it overnight. I bought two tomato plants they were reduced to 50p because they were battered nothing happened with them they just they just died so yeah and I bought some other seeds which haven't sprouted yet Tiana absolutely adores being in the garden that she has this little section uh, where she's allowed to dig there's some old plant pots with just soil in nothing exciting and she's allowed to dig in them that's her that's her special place. Uh, I need to say right now, I've got a cold. So if I sound a bit husky, uh, if I sniff, I'm going to try and cut out the sniffs, but I'm a bit snotty. So um, sorry. I've also got a gin. I've got a summer a strawberry gin liqueur with lemonade. It's super delicious. Um, I just feel like drinking today. So today's a drinking day. Chin chin. So this week has been super duper chill, super duper lovely in terms of side effects and how I've been feeling. Definitely was feeling under the weather towards the end of last week. I've noticed a pattern so far on this chemo cycle where in week two, I think I should be feeling better, but actually I'm not feeling that great. The nausea was still rampant. And at one point I thought I was going to run out of anti-nausea meds, but it calmed down yesterday and today so that I haven't actually needed them so that's fine but I looked and I was like oh my god I'm running out what am I going to do what am I going to do so I think on Wednesday when I go back in I'm going to ask them for two packs just in case because they give me enough to last 10 days and then if we get to the end of the 10 days and I'm still feeling sick then what then what the other thing oh my god this was so embarrassing so on Wednesdays I go to get if I'm not having chemo I need to go to the cancer centre to get my pick line dressing changed the pick line I think I've said before is where they um they feed the drugs through right so basically I have to have the dressing changed on it every week to stop it getting infected to keep it clean to make sure it's working okay and I went on Wednesday and with me I took my empty injection sharps like the needles and they're they're retractable needles so or they they have a a cover that comes up so when I inject myself push the needle in push the drugs in and then a little plastic cover automatically comes up and um, covers the sharp bit and I've been keeping them in a safe place I've been putting them back in I've been putting the cover back on the needle through the little tube putting them in their original packaging And then putting them in a safe place. Because when I got the needles, I said to the chemo nurse, so what do I do with the empties? And she said, just bring them back to us. And I said, okay, 
just like this She said yeah you don't need a sharp spin So I was like alright I'll listen to the expert Sure thing Took them home Been saving them Putting them in their little boxes Putting them in the bag Brought them back on Wednesday And was like hi got these needles and everyone was like why why have you bought them here i said that well i was told to bring them here no but they need to be in a sharps box i was like nobody told me that i did ask i did ask if there was a sharps box and i was told that i didn't need one i mean they were lovely about it but they were like no you you don't just carry around sharps in your bag and bring them here for us and i was like okay i'm sorry so that was my funny story of the week but it's not really funny i suppose you had to be there you had to be in it really gotta be in it to win it Uh, bad jokes i'm just i'm not i don't know I haven't had that much to drink, by the way. There's a few things that I wanted to talk about this week. I kind of thought, have I run out of things to talk about? And then, no, no, I haven't run out of things to talk about. There's Hollyoaks. I want to talk about the Hollyoaks storyline. And I want to talk about how I got caught in a bit of a Google hole this week. And I guess my anxiety, my health anxiety really kicked up a notch possibly brought on a bit by the Hollyoaks storyline and by something else that happened but Hollyoaks first Hollyoaks is my guilty pleasure ah man I've been watching Hollyoaks for as long as it's been on television since I was about 10 years old which was only a couple of weeks ago I'm very young no since I was about 10 years old so we're talking 25 years and I'm I'm pretty sure Hollyoaks has been on for 25 years it's 25 years this year I used to be very addicted obsessed with it in the fact that I would watch it on Channel 4, then I would watch it on E4, so I was watching an episode twice, then I would watch it on a Sunday as well for the omnibus, so I'd watch each episode three times, then I'd go on to something like Digital Spy and read the storyline spoilers for the week ahead, Hollyoaks is my jam, I love that show. A lot of people think it's trash TV or it's not as good as EastEnders or anything like that. But the storylines are really, really hard hitting at times. And yes, there are way too many serial killers and murderers and people dying and stuff like that. But um, I think it's quite true to life, to be honest. Anyone who hasn't watched an episode, just just watch one. Just watch. And in fact, there are two episodes that I want you to watch. The two episodes that were on this week, which talked about unconscious bias, racism and microaggressions. I'm a mixed race black woman for anyone who doesn't know. And we are at a very pivotal time, I believe, in society where people are finally starting to understand things like microaggressions and how they can affect black women in their jobs, in their lives, in everything that they do. So the general theme of the episode was that Martine, who is played by Kelly Bryant, Kelly Bryant, who used to be in Hollyoaks, Hollyoaks, used to be in Eternal. She is now in Hollyoaks. Um, and she plays a character called Martine. And Martine found a lump on her breast and has been waiting to get it checked out. Another character in the soap called Grace also found a lump in her breast. And the episode centred on the different treatment that the two of them have received when it came to getting their lump checked and the sympathy that people had towards each of the characters in this in this episode. The second episode kind of dealt with teaching or showing people how they need to unlearn their unconscious biases and what unconscious bias is. I thought they were really, really good episodes just from a learning perspective. So uh, go and check them out. They'll be on 4OD or something like that. Or if you've got Sky, you can probably watch them on Catch Up TV. Really good episodes. But at the end of the second episode, spoiler alert, I don't even know if I need to do it spoiler alert because no one 
I know really watches Hollyoaks apart from me um, and a few people in the group chat. But they've already watched it, so it's fine. But at the end of the episode, Martine, who had finally seen the doctor, was told that her lump was not a cyst as they thought. It was suspicious and that she needed to have a biopsy and that they suspected it was breast cancer. And for me, watching her face as she realised what they were telling her brought back so many memories for when I was getting my lump checked out and that day in the hospital when it escalated so quickly from this is fine this is fine to this is something that we we need to check out and we need to look at for you so I found that quite triggering and I think I was feeling quite emotional I did have a little cry that day I don't know if I want to watch a breast cancer storyline on on the soap that I watch generally as a way of kind of passing the time in a light-hearted way like Hollyoaks is very light-hearted even when it's got its serious topics and I'm not sure if watching another black woman go through a breast cancer diagnosis and treatment is is what I need at the moment so I don't know how I'm gonna I don't know how I'm gonna navigate this one actually we'll have to play it by ear I'll let you know how I get on if anyone watches Hollyoaks let me know what you think of the storyline especially let me know what you think of the two episodes where they where they focused on racism unconscious bias and microaggressions then the other thing that triggered me and that sent me into a bit of a spin is that somebody recommended so I've made loads of lovely friends through support groups and Instagram who are going through similar or the same journey as I am. And somebody recommended that I apply for a little lift box. It's called Little Lift Box. And it's a, a charity who do, you know, wonderful work. And they provide these um, little gift boxes. Or I don't know how little they are. Spoiler alert, I didn't get one. Um, to to women going through breast cancer. And it was a really simple form, application form on the website. And I thought, okay, let me apply for it. So I, I applied for this little lift box and they sent me an email and I, they needed more information. I can totally understand why you need to check that a person who says they've got uh, a disease or something like that has actually got it. You, you, you can't just be handing out things willy nilly. So I get why they needed to do these checks. But they kept on asking for information that I didn't really have. So they wanted headed letters. They wanted stuff to prove that I had breast cancer, what type of breast cancer, and that I was going through chemotherapy. So I understand that they can't just take your word for it. But to be honest, by the end of the process, I found myself feeling like all of this, this is a lot of work for for this box which I'm sure is wonderful but it I was already feeling quite anxious by the amount of information that they were asking every time I sent them something another letter another proof of my cancer like I'm not lying about this every time they asked for something else I just felt like is this really worth it and here I am again digging through letters and at one point they asked for a treatment card I'm, I'm sorry I didn't get given a card saying hey you've got cancer and so I sent them a picture of my my appointment book and it, it just felt, it just felt like overkill. And um, yeah, by the end of it, I was like, oh, do I even want this? But then they emailed me back and told me that actually, and they weren't able to provide me with this little lift box because I have secondary breast cancer. Well, that was news to me. And what that did was it made me think about 
how little I I feel I know about my cancer. So I've got these letters. I've got a letter from the consultant that to my GP that I was copied into, which talks about my cancer, which talks about the tests that they've done and all of that kind of stuff to kind of diagnose me. And nowhere in this letter did it kind of say secondary breast cancer. That was a surprise to me. And I started Googling like what, again, going back on like what stage am I, which I think I said last week or the week before, I don't know what what my staging is, if I haven't, because my memory is terrible. I don't know what stage I'm at. They haven't talked about it. It's not something that all hospitals or all, you know, doctors talk about. But when I was diagnosed, I was told that it was small and treatable and they were going for a cure. And yes, it, it is aggressive. Triple negative breast cancer is aggressive and it does grow quickly. I, I believe that my cancer grew quite quickly but what I didn't think it was was secondary breast cancer what I didn't think it was was you have to go to a charity that deals with people who have got it more severely than you felt maybe I'm being naive here I don't know so I got my letters out again and I started to really kind of look at them and analyze what did the words in this letter mean and then I found myself googling at 12 o'clock at night and one o'clock and two o'clock in the morning secondary breast cancer advanced breast cancer what's my staging and I honestly spent about three days obsessively googling this stuff and worrying that the doctors had lied to me (laughs) and I know the doctors aren't going to lie about what I've got but there were words in my letter like metastatic carcinoma and I didn't I don't really know what that means when I looked at it and it was saying how many lymph nodes it was in you know it tells me that it's in at least four lymph nodes. It tells me, oh, what does this say here? I'm reading, I'm reading guys, I can read. Or can I? Because clearly I haven't read this letter enough to understand what it's telling me. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm being really hard on myself here because it's not, this letter was not a letter for me. This was a letter for my doctor that I was copied into as, as I should have been. So, you know, maybe I don't beat myself up about the fact that I don't understand the language in it because I'm not a trained doctor. I'm not an oncologist. I'm not a GP. Why the heck would I understand the wording? But maybe this is something that doctors need to take on. If they are sending out letters like this, could they send down the dumbed down version for me, please, next time? Anyway, the letter says things like biopsy proven disease in auxiliary tail there are irregular hypochoic strands extending over 43 millimetres on the ultrasound. So I know they're talking about the size of where it is, but I found that this letter made it sound so much more serious than it is. But then, oh, I say so much more serious. It is serious. We're going to be having this conversation every time. Every time. How serious is my cancer? I don't know. Let's talk about it this week on the podcast. Episode 89. How serious is my cancer? I don't know. Let's talk about it this week on the podcast. So yeah, I I got myself into this a bit of a hole where I I was just like, this is really bad. This is figuring out what stage I'm at based on the the words in this letter. And I've had quite a few sleepless nights, to be honest. Um, 
I need to just calm down. I need to just calm down. So when I went to my oncology appointment this morning, which is why I've delayed recording today, because I want to, I wanted to ask my questions there. I wanted to kind of go in, ask my questions, understand, and then see what they said. I said to her, do I have secondary breast cancer? She said, no. But technically, technically, I think I do because it is spread to the lymph nodes. Although it's not spread far away, I did read something that said locally advanced if it has spread to the lymph nodes. And in fact, actually, I've got a little book, a little cancer book, like Understanding Your Breast Cancer. And in it, when I'm trying to think about my staging, perhaps I should just stop doing this, you know, I'm I'm torturing myself really. But in it, when I'm talking about, when it's talking about stages, I was looking at stage three. Stage three is divided into three stages. Stage three breast cancer is sometimes called locally advanced breast cancer. There you go. The cancer has spread to the lymph nodes, the skin of the breast or the chest muscle. The skin may be red, swollen or have broken down, causing an ulcer. Some breast cancers that have spread to the skin may be inflammatory breast cancer. See page 36. We don't need to look at page 36. Stage 3a, the cancer cannot be found in the breast or the cancer is 5 centimetres or smaller. It has spread to 4 to 9 lymph nodes in the armpits. Or the cancer is bigger than 5 centimetres. It is in up to 3 lymph nodes in the armpit or near the breastbone. Stage 3b, The cancer is spread into the tissue nearby, such as the breast, the skin of the breast and the chest muscle. It may have spread to one to nine lymph nodes in the armpits. Stage 3C, the cancer is spread to 10 or more lymph nodes in the armpits or the cancer is spread to the lymph nodes below the breastbone, above or below the collarbone to four or more lymph nodes in the armpits. So when I think about what I do know about my cancer, it's it's about five centimetres into the breast, I believe. And I know it's in at least four lymph nodes. So by this, by knowing that, and by what this book that they gave me says, then I would be at least stage 3A. And I think back to the appointment that I had. It was probably, it was definitely in February because it was when they wanted me to get the um, the COVID injection. When I think back to that appointment and I did ask her, I was asking her about staging. This has clearly been on my mind for a while. But when I think back to that appointment and I said to her, oh, I'm not stage four, am I? And she was like, no, you're not stage four. And so that, you know, that response makes me think, okay, stage three, which is technically locally advanced. So I guess, I don't know what I'm even trying to say here. I, I guess guess you can understand listener why I'm like is this advanced breast cancer but I think I'm just getting caught up on it I think I'm feeling very I know I'm feeling very anxious at one point so on Friday night I was like oh my god I've got pain in my shoulder it spread to my collarbone and I asked today how do we know that it hasn't spread and she said well we we sort of don't but it shouldn't have because we know that the chemotherapy is working that's the important thing to note. The lump has shrunk significantly. I have, I'm, I've been having like three weekly MRIs. I've had a lot of MRIs since I've started chemo and they can see how much it shrunk by. But my fear is, yeah, the chemo has shrunk the tumour and the cancer in my breast, 
but can it stop it spreading elsewhere? And she was like, well, there's no guarantee. So now I'm in health anxiety madness, where what if it's spread elsewhere? What if it's spread elsewhere? We're not going to know. We're not going to know until the end. I need to just calm down really and truly. I need to just calm down. I'm slightly annoyed that these people, that I went through all the effort of applying for this box and then they said, no, you can't have it. Well, they didn't say no. They said you need to apply through their sister charity for people who have secondary breast cancer. But I don't have secondary breast cancer. And I'm annoyed that they've put me into this spin. Although, to be honest, something else probably could have done the same thing. We don't know. So, I mean, I spoke it out. I talked it out with a few people. But I've still got anxieties around recurrence. And just, I know I need to be positive. I know I need to not focus on things like recurrence rates and it coming back again and has it spread like logically no it's not spread because how can it spread if it's shrinking what's in the breast but anxiety and fear is not logical is it if it was we wouldn't we'd be able to talk ourselves out of fear all the time. Terrified of spiders. Logically, I know they're not going to hurt me unless I'm in Australia or perhaps a spider has come in in my bananas and I don't know and I put my hand in a bunch of bananas and it bites me. But logically and realistically, the chances of that happening are quite low. But here we are. I think I might need to do some little bit of mindfulness to take away the fear a little bit of mindfulness to take away the fear good idea Leanne I approve so yeah I need to get over it like the doctor really reassured me today yeah here I am still talking about it and still wondering if they're all lying to me what is this big conspiracy why is everyone lying to me I don't even know sorry no not sorry This is my podcast. This is me talking out my fears, my worries. And you guys are just along for the ride. Um, And if any of you have followed me on Instagram for long enough, then to be honest, we're lucky we're not getting it there. But that aside, anxiety aside, um, it has been a good week. I felt pretty rubbish up until yesterday. The injections have just made me feel really really old and like can't walk very far my back has seized up I'm desperate to book a massage absolutely desperate to book a massage because what these injections have done have made it impossible they've made it impossible for me to stretch so you know you wake up in the morning and you go oh wakey wakey and you put your arms up in the air and you have a good old stretch every time I do that my back seizes up or my hip seizes up and just cramps every single time. If I try and stretch, the second I try and stretch, my back just screams at me. So anyone who did take those injections to kind of help um, with the white blood cells and, you know, the ones that really mash you up, any tips on being able to move again, let me know. (laughs) Today, so I've just remembered. (laughs) The other thing that the consultant wanted to do today 
was find out why my blood, my red blood levels dropped so dramatically, dramatically um, last time around and try and avoid me having more blood transfusions. I mean, I'd rather they just gave it to me on tap because I really enjoyed them. But she, she said, I'm going to, I'm going to get them to take bloods for everything. I'm going to get them to take bloods for everything. So when I went down to have my bloods taken, six vials of blood they took and the worst thing is they forgot to do one of them so they did five and I was like great thanks that's quite enough I left I got to the station my phone rang and she was like Adu oh no sorry Leanne I was like yeah yeah, hello um she's like we left one we forgot to do one so I had to go back six vials of blood not only that they couldn't do it through my pick line because they were very very busy and I was in a weird little side room um, so they had to go for my vein, which fortunately worked out this time. I'll let them off. Moving on to uh, mum stuff, mum stuff. I saw an excellent meme over the weekend, which was about imaginary play ideas for your kids when you're tired. And it reminded me, so some of the ideas on here are camping, make a fort. Yes, absolutely can do that and just go to sleep. Police officers locked in floor jail. Doctors and patients. Now, this is an excellent one because you could just lie on the floor and let them like doctor you and they'll think they're really helping and making you better. And you just have to go, mm, oh, mummy feels much better now. It's a win. The the don't wake the giant game where you go to sleep and they're not allowed to wake you. And it reminded me of two things. It reminded me of when I was little my sister, who is four and a half years older than me and would babysit me when mum was at work and dad was at work, she used to play this game with me called the dead game. I thought it was a brilliant game. I loved it. The dead game involved her pretending to be dead and me as a six, seven, eight year old having to lift her onto the sofa to save her, I guess. I'm not sure if it was to save her or what, but she would literally be a dead weight. And I was only a skinny little child. You wouldn't you wouldn't know it to look at me now. I was a skinny little thing. And she would just... Blum. That's the sound of her being a dead weight. Blum. Yeah, I'd play this game for hours with her. I thought it was brilliant. But really, it was just her way of not having to do anything. If I did eventually get her onto the sofa, she'd just roll off again. And the whole thing would start. And the whole thing would start. So I think that is quite a good parent game to play with your child. Get them to try and move you to the sofa with absolutely no help you could just lay you can literally just lay there not even lift an arm up to help them and the other thing it reminded me of and on the weekend as well I was reminded of this I think it was the same day that I saw the meme I was feeling really unwell and Chris was Chris was going out and he said why don't you take a nap I said do you think do you think Tiana's gonna nap really do you think the baby's gonna nap he was like yeah just just take her up to bed with you and Tiana Um, doesn't sleep in our bed we've never co-slept mostly because Chris and I are not small people and I was terrified that we would roll on to her I wasn't sure that we could safely co-sleep and also we like our space that's our bed you've got your bed go and sleep in there so we've never really co-slept and as a result if Tiana ever does get into our bed like in the morning she'll wake up and she'll come and get in the bed she doesn't understand relaxing she thinks it's playtime because she's never slept in our bed she's like this is a fun space to play but I thought I'll give it a go 
I said, come on, Tiana, let's go and nap. Come on. She went, okay, mummy, I nap in your bed. Yeah, come on. We got into bed. I was like, okay, night, night, close your eyes. And she did that thing that children do where they pretend to be asleep and they kind of half close their eyes, but they're looking out and she's looking at me and I'm looking at her. I'm like, all right, close your eyes, go to sleep. I was so exhausted that I did just doze off with her like kicking me constantly. And then probably my own snoring wake me up, but I opened my eyes and I just saw her fingers go into her mouth. I was like, yes, because when the fingers go into the mouth, you know that the nap is soon to follow. And then I dozed off again and then I opened my eyes she was out she was asleep and in that second I had memories of my mum bringing me home as like a very young child from nursery or wherever play group and being like come on let's lie on the sofa and see who can sleep the longest let's close our eyes and see who can go to sleep the fastest and I felt like it was a real mum achievement unlocked achievement unlocked there was no trophy though and we did sleep for like an hour and it was glorious it was glorious she was so close to my face though why do they always want to be so close to your face like what's what's there what is there that your face has to be touching my face why oh my other you've definitely become a mum moment was when she was sat on her little table and chairs and she was leaning back on the back legs and I'm sure everybody must have heard the tale when they were in school of the child who leaned back on their chair legs, the chair broke or fell and they were paralysed or they died or got a brain injury from falling off the chair because they leant on the back two legs. And as Tiana leant on his back two legs, I literally heard the words bubble up inside me. Not the same as the dead game. This is... And I wanted to say don't do that I know someone who died when they fell backwards off a chair and I stopped myself no 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 you will not be that person you will not be that person so I didn't say it but in my head I thought it and I feel like really once you've had that thought it's there she just looked at me she just looked at me like mum what's wrong with you because that's the look she always gives me I did have to drag her up to be honest on um, one of the days over the weekend she was being so rude so rude just so cheeky Um, and she just wasn't listening and she turned and walked away from me what was I I wish I could remember what I was asking her to do but she wasn't having it and she was really giving the sass and I took her by the arm not hard but firmly and I said Tiana do I look like I'm joking with you and she laughed at me. Oh, I wanted to throw her out the window. And she laughed at me. And I said, no, mummy is being very serious right now. This is not a joke. I am not laughing. And I I, like came down to her level to do this. Because um, I think the I think the main issue here is not that Tiana's being naughty or rude or cheeky. Is that she doesn't. She's such a babe. She's such a good girl that she doesn't see serious me very often so one she's trying to kind of push to see where the limit is but two if you've never seen mummy be serious before then why are you going to take her seriously when she's telling you not to do something does that make sense that I think that's where we're at she's just never seen me be serious so 
since then she's been a bit better did she cry she didn't even cry I can't even make my child I think she sulked for a little bit she's very good at sulking she's very good at angry face yeah so that was my mum week this week it's been fun it's been good we played a lot in the garden my mum came over and bought the most cutest little fairy garden oh what is it what was it mum mum you're not here what was it mum like a fairy house oh it's so cute it's a fairy house i'm gonna take a picture of it put on instagram little little bird baths so cute little accessories little oh it's brilliant tiana loved it we went we put it outside in the garden (laughs) a solar powered fairy that she's terrified of um which spins around when the sun shines on it it's excellent i'm just so caught up on the cute little fairy garden now but we loved it yeah so that's my that's my week in mum my week in mum oh she can spell her name now let's just add that in as well she's a genius she's not even three and a half and she knows how to spell her own name good good learning good teaching from me her mother and her father the week ahead looking ahead to the week we are expecting sunshine highs of 17 degrees lows of four degrees and chemotherapy on wednesday i'm feeling mentally good which is the best way to go into chemo feeling mentally good i'm feeling mentally good i've got my two days here of energy where i feel normal well it's just going to be a day now tomorrow and that helps immensely if i can keep up the good vibes into wednesday i'll be super duper happy and hopefully i won't feel it too much um physically but i'll just come home and sleep on wednesday i will come home i will go to sleep and that will be what i do hopefully i won't need any kind of interventions for my blood levels i've decided also that wednesdays i'm going to try and do a bit of learning i find that i work so hard all the time that i'm not really doing any personal development or professional development I guess if I've got the energy and I feel up to it, that's going to be the day where I kind of look at some learnings or some webinars and access some tools that are going to help my business. Yeah, so I feel like that's it. A bit of a shorter episode again. I don't really know how long these episodes should be. Once again, all your feedback is is welcome. Let me know if you've enjoyed it. Thank you for the 13 people who have rated me five stars on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate you. Thank you to everyone else who's been listening and I will catch you in a week or so. Oh, if anyone wants to talk about Line of Duty, message me. If anyone wants to talk about Hollyoaks, message me. If anyone wants to talk about... Those are really the only shows that I watch, to be honest. I don't really... I'm one of those people that the TV's always on. I don't really... It's on in the background a lot of the time that's it have the most beautiful wonderful week if you're listening to this podcast on apple Podcasts, please uh rate review subscribe if you're listening on spotify please subscribe please like i don't know i don't know how you rate on spotify anyway wherever you're listening to this rate subscribe review thank you bye and i'll see you next time